0: Hello, book nerds. Welcome to the first ever First Geek 411 book club. Um, before we get started, remember you can always find us on all the socials as OneGeek411, as well as our PlayStation community. Join our Discord server to chat with us between podcasts. Email us at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. Check out the show notes on our website, onegeek411.com, and watch our regular podcast on Twitch every Monday night at 7.15 Mountain Time, and find the video on our YouTube, and rate and subscribe wherever you listen to
1: podcasts.
0: (laughs) Let's get into it. We read The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and here is a quick rundown of what we read 12 short stories including a scandal in bohemia where the king of bohemia needs to regain an incriminating photograph from irene adler the redheaded league where jabez wilson a redhead has been working for a redheaded league that has mysteriously disappeared a case of identity miss mary sutherland is engaged to be married but the groom disappears on the way to the church The Boscombe Valley Mystery, where James McCarthy is accused of murdering his father, but his friend Miss Turner is convinced he is innocent. The Five Orange Pips, threatening but cryptic letters have resulted in two deaths, and John Oppenshaw fears he is next. The Man with the Twisted Lip, Mrs. St. Clair sees her husband in the upstairs window of an opium den, but upon searching for him, no trace can be found. The Adventure of the Blue Carbuncle. A policeman finds a lost hat and goose, and upon preparing to eat the goose, a countess's lost gem is found inside it. The Adventure of the Speckled Band, in which Helen Stoner seeks Sherlock's assistance in solving the mysterious death of her twin sister and avoiding falling into the same danger. The Adventure of the Engineer's Thumb, Victor Hatherley comes to Watson, having had his thumb cut off after a life-threatening and mysterious hydraulics job. The adventure of the noble bachelor, A nobleman marries a wealthy American, but the bride disappears shortly after the ceremony. The adventure of the barrel coronet, a banker has taken a crown as collateral for a loan, but it has been nearly burgled out of his own house, a piece is missing, and he suspects his own son. And finally, The Adventure of the Copper Beaches. A governess takes up a new position, but is disturbed by her employer's strange requests and the off-limits wing of the house. And who are we? Excellent question. I'm Shanine, and with me, I have Emma.
2: Hi, all the way from Colorado.
0: (laughs) And Cameron.
2: Hello there. Excited to
1: be here tonight for book club.
0: And Chris.
1: Nothing like
3: a little wine with your book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alrighty, righty, so how did we enjoy Sherlock Holmes?
3: First impressions. I was very much excited. First impressions, people, yeah. like. I guess people in the 1800s, when they were telling a story, were a lot more detailed than people are now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when people start providing details to Sherlock, it's crazy how succinct they are.
1: It's like, we're going to tell you a mystery, so we're going to make sure to tell you everything.
2: We're going to take at least three pages to tell you all the details that I definitely remembered from this traumatizing event that happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. Please listen to my story.
1: (laughs) I think it's really interesting how well people recall it, to where like it's in um what's it's it's the the five orange
2: five orange yeah the five
1: orange pips. I didn't remember if there was a longer name for it. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. how long was it between these two deaths? Well, it was seven years and eight months. And it's like, (laughs) you sure did that math quickly.
2: (laughs) Very quickly. Like if there's no
3: approximation, it was. Boom.
2: Exactly, this like stuff. some like <laughs> right on been, the nose. Like,
3: be like a, maybe seven, eight years ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: what year is it now? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll say overall, I really liked it. It's it's kind of interesting when you don't have like how you how do you show someone being observant without like without the ability to like move the camera and do stuff like that. Cuz it's like yeah. Cuz you're having because basically Sherlock is just calling out these things and it's like, "Oh, interesting." But without as someone who like my main connection to Sherlock is the films and the BBC series, it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see how that different mediums can translate that aspect of the character.
2: Which is just making note of like, "Oh, he arrived via train and Worked at a very specific typewriter this morning before arriving. But yeah, I right. was I was very excited to jump into it because I've been wanting to read the Sherlock stories for a long time, but I've just kept forgetting. So I was very excited to jump into even just a small chunk of all of the Sherlock stuff that exists out there, which is, he, Doyle wrote a lot. And so this was just 12 short stories, but I was super excited and it was, there were definitely a couple of times where I just couldn't put the book down because I wanted to just keep reading. So I really liked them. They did, there were some bits and pieces that kept getting repetitive after a while, but overall I really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah. I, and, you know, like, obviously, like, it, it's cool reading these because, like, so much of our, like, modern intake of, like, any crime drama or anything is ultimately based on this format for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, granted, they have to the fit in a little more with, like, modern technology. But, I mean, like, reading these stories in general is cool, like, because it's taking out the forensi- forensic aspects that we are so focused on anymore. Um, which is cool. Granted, I mean, someone tells you a story like that, it's hard not to figure it out.
1: Yeah. I will say, also, kind of on that, it felt like there were not that many crimes. Like, it felt like, yeah. I have this minor inconvenience based on my own actions.
2: Yeah. I need your help. Yeah. Most of them did end up being like, "Oh, it was a minor inconvenience, or just a misunderstanding, or like, just things like that." I yeah. think that I,
3: like some from of the our just general perception that Sherlock like Holmes mysteries. is a crime solver instead like of just
2: really
0: yeah. were like the a adventures of Sherlock crazy,
3: Holmes, well-rounded, observant like person.
0: We like <laughs> yeah. <in> the, ultimately
3: <laughs> his some of his like work book is ultimately escapades. just mysterious things like things that people like need assistance with um, and that's how he makes his living he's not actually employed with the police granted he partners with them periodically but you know he, he's not an actual detective per se
2: he's got the skills of fun and beyond but
3: don't tell that to the in in, <laughs> in London here apparently
2: yeah apparently not
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Which were probably my favorite stories though. The ones that weren't related yeah. to crime were some of my favorites for sure. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it was like, okay. <laughs> like getting into that question a little bit, like my favorite one was definitely the the twisted lip or man with twisted lip or whatever, whatever the title is, Um, just because it was just random things happening. And also, Watson runs it into Sherlock at an opium dump, which Mm. is like, okay.
2: We're just adding a whole another thing onto Mm -hmm. the list of things Sherlock has an issue with. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I mentioned this um, either on one of our podcasts or in the Discord or both. I love how, like, for the time, how casually they mention that Sherlock is on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, it hasn't always been illegal, but they're just like, yeah, so I, I smoke cigarettes and do cocaine. And, like, no
2: big deal. Move it on with my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, I mean...
3: Right. Well, granted, yeah, I mean, we I don't think we actually mentioned it in podcast. Maybe we did. But it was like a pre-show when we were talking about it Mm. um, previously that you mentioned that. And yeah, ultimately, yeah, time frame wise, they were just commonplace. You know, it was a medicinal thing for the most part. Cocaine was and I mean, granted, opium obviously was a recreational aspect. If you have dens for use, I suppose. I don't know know that much about the 1800s. (laughs) But yeah, and I like, I like that the modern interpretation takes that like in there, like, obviously, like with these type of mental facilities, you're going to have some problems and they turn it into an actual vice um, and a character flaw versus just something that he does in the adventures of Sherlock Holmes.
2: Yeah, which is something you definitely see in like the BBC series where he like relapses at some point. I mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, like they actually turn it into a vice as you said. Whereas in the original source material it's just like no big deal. And then when you I think that's one of the things I like about the modern adaptations is they actually take some bits and pieces of what was normal back then and readjust them without ruining the rest and the base material beyond recognition. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. Yeah. The book definitely presents Sherlock as like a very amicable person for the most part. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, by the way. Um, And like gives his deductions and it's done and they move on. Whereas like obviously having that kind of background and gagging of knowledge in the modern interpretation, he's like more standoffish toward people. He's in general, has, he does have a superiority complex <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in in the modern takes. Whereas you don't, I at least in reading this, I did not get any of that from Sherlock. He's just like, oh, I have my friend here. Mm-hmm. And he's not like, he doesn't really talk down to anyone throughout the series, like from what I've read. And I'm like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was noticing the same thing. There's a point where Watson is describing Sherlock and saying that like the easy courtesy for which he was remarkable and I'm like well that's not how we would describe any like modern day Sherlock (laughs) at all (laughs) like no not in the slightest (laughs) like yeah he was so like gentlemanly and I think even more like reserved and calm like another time Watson said Um, Sherlock Holmes was transformed when he was hot upon such a scent as this. Men who had only known the quiet thinker and logician of Baker Street would have failed to recognize him. And again, a quiet thinker, I don't think is how we would describe (laughs) our modern Sherlock's.
2: Well, he 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 even describes Sherlock in that way a couple different times. Just he mentions at least how he's transformed, if you will, when he's on... Uh, scent, and he mentions it just a couple of different times of how that, how it just sort of changes. So there is that consistency throughout of a point that we wouldn't necessarily describe the modern versions of him as.
3: Right. I mean, the only thing like that Watson or yeah, Watson really puts in place in like one of his downfalls is his aptitude with women. Um, I think it mentions in in the scandal in Bohemia that he would, that he overestimates himself in that category <laughs> Um, in a sense. um, I'll find the passage while you guys continue talking just because I, I thought that passage was really funny.
2: Yeah. But just sort of on the same subject line, there was one point that I mentioned briefly beforehand that really made me laugh, but it was in a case of identity when they figured out that the stepfather had been, Escapating as the fiance for his stepdaughter or whatever, and he basically Sherlock basically um, says, "Yet there was never a man who deserved punishment more than you," referring to the stepfather, um, and goes on to basically threaten the man with a whip or a riding crop, and with no like real intention to do him harm, but just like like there was no basis for sending him to the police or getting him arrested but he Sherlock was just like you've done something wrong I'm going to threaten you with a whip not actually use it but threaten you and Mm -hmm. you're gonna run away terrified and it was so unexpected just hitting upon that after all of these pages of and moments of oh yeah he's a pretty nice dude all things considered unrelated to the modern adaptations. He's just gonna threaten this guy with a whip or a riding crop without any full intention of harm, but we're just gonna throw you off your tracks. And yeah, so that was something that I found really funny. So...
3: I'm not finding that right away. You <laughs> say Chris is just over there. I'm like, I'm going to be re- rereading. I don't know exactly <laughs> where it is. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, uh, Chris mentioned his favorite adventure. What is the rest of y'all's?
1: So I really love my, I guess my two favorite are the five orange pips and then the redhead leak. Um, I specifically like the five orange pips Because it doesn't really resolve Like Sherlock fi- figures it out But there's not like an ending And so I really like that Which is just kind of like
2: They presumably sink in the middle of the ocean Yeah
1: And then I like the redheaded league Just because it, it seems so preposterous yeah. And <laughs> like Just that, that anyone And I'm sure people I mean it's basically a, a con scheme Like a con man but, like, it just seems so roundabout as a way to con this guy. Like, yeah. sure, do what you got to do. But, like, so those were my two favorite.
2: Yeah, the Red-Headed League was definitely one of my favorites, too. And then – um, and that was one that I was going to mention. And then um, the other one for me was – Probably the Copper Beaches at the end, Um, just because it also felt like, to me, a little bit unresolved in the same way that the Five Orange Pips was, Um, because the young woman who was being held captive was just sort of rescued by her fiancé. And then the dad gets, we know it's the dad, but the dad gets hurt by the dog. But he doesn't really, it's still, it still has a sense of being unresolved. Um, but I just liked it because I was like, yeah, the fiance climbs down through the sky roof and isn't fooled by the uh, tricks of the father. Mm-hmm. So Like it's a happy ending,
0: it but it's not like, like Sherlock comes it's in a happy to ending. save the day or anything. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. exactly.
3: I mean, one of my other favorites is the eventual of the bear coronet. I guess. And maybe it's because it was a little more straightforward, but also like, like I mean, out of them all, it's like, okay, uh, the way it presents the the format in okay, we have the guy maybe, and then Sherlock comes in and disproves it. Um, and then obviously, it, it was kind of like, this was one that I predicted. And that's just because like, because the the I guess not the actual dad but like the stepdad or whatever to the um I don't know what would you refer to the ward? I don't know. Um <laughs> um was way too doting on them and critical of the son and it's like well it's obvious that the son didn't do it. Um mm-hmm. and because he's like they emphasize this point where they're doting on this um like adopted daughter I guess um that she might have something to do with it.
2: Yeah. I definitely was unsurprised by that one as well and saw it coming. Yeah.
0: Um, my favorite was the blue carbuncle just because it was so ridiculous. Like a case of mistaken yeah. identity. Exactly. A case of mistaken <laughs> identity with a goose and then they're going on like a literal goose chase trying to figure out where this goose goose came from.
3: (laughs) Do you think that term comes (laughs) from this story specifically?
0: I hope
2: so. (laughs) I would not be surprised if it at least encouraged the saying.
3: (laughs) It's hard to like determine because like a wild goose chase is obviously something that can very easily come from something written in the 1800s versus some reasonable in life situation I guess
2: where most people just don't run around chasing wild geese
3: <laughs> right
2: yeah it was just it was so ridiculous and then the
0: way that Sherlock like reverse psychologyed the one goose seller into giving him the information that he wanted was just <laughs> it was hilarious I loved it
3: I like his reasoning. Yeah. He's like, well, you <laughs> because he's a gambler.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: if I would have just offered to buy the information, I would have gotten not. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to search. It. So, I mean, like, I have a feeling that story specifically was inspired by the the concept of wild goose chase. But it, I guess a wild goose chase comes back from the 1500s. Yeah. Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah.
3: Reason being is I guess there were like types of horse races where riders had to follow a lead rider through an unpredictable course, and and watching it, it just reminded people of flying geese in the formation they were following, so they called it a wild goose chase. I don't know. That's that's what Google says. Words be crazy. Someone someone needs to message um, away with words on NPR to figure that out.
2: That would be nice
3: get them on the show guys (laughs) a syndicated (laughs) radio show
0: (laughs) why not dream big um what was everyone's least favorite adventure
1: so mine was the adventure of the noble bachelor
2: yeah um
1: just because it again coming at this and we kind of already hit on this with the idea that sherlock is like this investigator again this is just like unsure to the guy like oh your wife disappeared that's a big thing but it's really like yep her other husband's here like like her like her first husband who's not dead like it seems like one that like like obviously people are going to freak out because their spouse like their new especially their like just married spouse has vanished but like, it seems like you could have waited a day and everything would have been resolved and like Sherlock didn't need to be here for this.
2: Yeah. Well, and it, it also definitely felt like a bit of a, a lazy way to go about it. Like just in terms of writing the story, like there's definitely a lot of those sort of plot twists, if you will, in modern day tv shows and things where you just sit there and go oh come on like Mm -hmm. that is unnecessary and that was definitely that i definitely felt that a bit with that one um but i think my other least favorite was the adventure of the speckled band where the guy it turns out to be a snake which just we had no inkling of existence at the end or until very up at the end and like it just seemed very i guess like yes plausible but also extreme if you will and unbelievable
3: i'd agree on the adventures speckled band. like it's like this is just weird you're literally yeah i mean like, to do, remodel your home so you can kill your stepdaughters with a snake.
2: Seems very extreme and just, it's like it's I don't, I can't even think of someone doing that in the modern, in like today's day and age. Like, which to also, that.
3: Like, also why I didn't like a case for identity. Just like, you're going to court your daughter
2: Yeah And
3: I'm still confused by the mother's role In that story Like did the mom know (laughs) Yes Okay I was still confused by that after reading it I was like
2: For whatever reason The mom was just okay with him Using his daughter's yearly pension For whatever he felt like
3: I mean like I understand like okay okay Money's a motive okay fine But really you're going you're going to court your daughter
2: <laughs> to get her to stay so that you can use her money and like,
3: it, it's also like yeah. this very simple idea of like oh as a result like i i can't tell her because can't correct a woman's delusions it's it's very sexist um to begin with but also the fact that this woman like That the idea is that, okay, ultimately, this daughter never finds out, stays true to this person um, who doesn't exist and never moves on with her life. So the... Is it stepdad in this case too again? Yeah. Yeah. So her stepfather can... can, So she stays in the house. So the stepfather has access to this retirement, essentially.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs)
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it, it has the surprise effect, but it's just like the wrong kind of surprise for me. I'm just like, no, this is wrong. This is messed up. Huh. And also, I guess like they explain the fact that she didn't notice because she has sight problems, yeah. right? Is that did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, like, also, like, maybe I'm coming this from like, there's someone, there are some of these that you can never recreate in like modern storytelling, at least Mm-mm. to maintain this plot line. No.
2: <laughs> just because it wouldn't hold up.
3: Right. Or it's just super creepy and no one wants to watch that.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> or that, yeah.
3: Watching a stepfather <laughs> get dressed up to court their stepdaughter in disguise. And then having to explain why the daughter didn't recognize the stepfather or anything like that. Yeah. Although, like, I mean, they can do it like a catfishing ep- style episode, I guess.
2: Yeah. Where
3: they never actually meet in person.
2: And that's like the one way I like could see it holding up. But if they were to, I feel like that would be a little more difficult to maintain because in the case of the original he has the motive of having access to her yearly stipend when she's a young adult whereas in today's day and age as a young adult once you've hit like the 18 years old you are in the eyes of the law an adult and have you have to give permission for the parents to have access to that kind of fund. that's I mean set aside for in you. In general she's always yeah.
3: had control over the funds yeah. because she resides under their household their their their, their roof, roof essentially. She gives them permission. So that's already established even in this story in that if she should move out or get married she I mean she maintains it. She gives them access due to not so she doesn't she's not a burden.
2: Right, but also as like in the sense of like current day um, I feel like the role of women in society has shifted enough that like she would, in that scenario, a young woman would be more aware of her financial standing in the sense of right wanting to well, like I was saying, the have book's more power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's Again, it was also written in the 1800s. <laughs> right, so right, like-
3: right. And like half these stories are related to that, to the fathers manipulating the daughters to maintain financial security, which is super weird yeah. because like typically yeah. like in <laughs> most traditional senses, when we think about like old time, you're trying to get rid of your daughter
1: so you don't have to support them. Yeah. <laughs> Shanine, what was one of your least favorites? I don't know My I least said.
0: favorite was the man with the twisted lip. Um I know you what? said it was your favorite, but I like this. Just all could have been avoided if the husband hadn't been lying to his wife.
2: I mean, that's fair, but it's also just entertaining. <laughs>
3: like this was probably one. Like I liked it just because it was a super entertaining story, and like yeah, the wife like the this confusion of it's like oh he's beckoning me, and then he disappeared yeah. instead of oh I was surprised.
2: <laughs> if I were to take that one and turn it into like an episode or something, it would be like a comedy type thing where it's just almost like a, uh, what's the the Shakespeare as, um, where it's just like all of these unnecessary things happen for unnecessary reasons. And if people had just shown up, like you said, Janine, like if he was just honest, then it all could have been avoided but it's going to be a comedy instead where everyone's running around trying to figure out what the heck is going on and like just have it be fun and silly and like unnecessary for the sake of entertainment
3: right yeah i mean it's not the best story for sure but no i was just entertained by it or the idea of it um and I really wasn't expecting it necessarily, like the turnaround, like what it turned out to be that he was just, he was in disguise panhandling because he made more money than doing his actual job. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it's also a semi true story um, for some panhandlers <laughs> mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, I was just <laughs> like, we built this entire life because people just drop change. Also, can we talk about like, money in this book in this 1800s um like oh you probably do really well living off 100 pounds a year
1: (laughs) yep the classic inflation (laughs) inflation
3: (laughs) is just ridiculous like 100 pounds a year (laughs)
1: that's
2: not a lot
3: (laughs) like it's just so hard to like understand money in this period
0: Yeah, like the one governess who is getting four pounds a month. Like this. Yeah. That's not that.
3: Right. And also, I don't understand a pound or a sovereign. How many sovereigns are in a pound? I don't know.
1: If only there was a place you could go that housed all this information.
2: I'm looking
3: it up right now. I mean, you have (laughs) to also assume that, like, these are still, like, have a modern day equivalent.
1: I mean, you could, I mean, like these are currencies We probably would know what they converted to at the time. I mean, yeah,
3: but I mean, like it's, they're not, like, I don't think sovereigns are currently used.
1: I don't know. I always just assume when, like, whenever money gets brought up in old stories, I'm just like, if they think that's a lot of the time, that's good enough for me.
2: So, okay, here's the thing. A hundred pounds in today's cash is just, it's a hundred, it's a dollar and 28 cents. Um, a, a pound, which converts to 127 pounds. And if we were to convert that, if we were to use that for today's from 1800 and do the inflation who's he, what's he it'd be $2,600 a year, roughly. That's still nothing. What? That's still nothing. That's absolutely nothing by
3: today's standards. Yeah. Like you could not live on that's that.
0: right. Or
1: no. <laughs> yeah. And that's that someone not.
3: tried to seduce you to make you stay in their household <laughs> for $2,600, that even
1: more obscure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Geek at Arms Mike says that's not in a I could get rent. a
2: minimum wage job and get paid more than that in two months. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that that's my bonus um, is bigger than that. <laughs> and I think that that's one thing. again, like for me, like money stuff is it's always inflation, all that stuff. And it's, it's like, it's so interesting to see that it's not just the, that the amount that you earn has inflated so much, but also the amount that you have to spend, like it doesn't correspond. Right. And so, Granted, which I mean is the classic arguments of the for increasing minimum wage and all that stuff.
3: But in the book either. They don't get in terms of like costs. So we don't know exactly like,
1: like right. is there technically rent or like how does right. that Which work? is why like, to me, like all the money, like every time in books, it, like, even in like fantasy where it's completely made up, it's just like, mm-hmm. how did the people react? Okay, that's good. Like we'll go with that. like yeah. <laughs> It's always just so different than whatever it is that unless it's like modern, I just assume that it's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, they <laughs> did
0: mention that one receipt from the fancy hotel in the noble bachelor where things cost like eight pounds and stuff and that was at like the fanciest hotel Mm -hmm.
2: so yeah eight pounds was a (laughs) lot.
3: i'd say i want to live during this time but then i'm like no technology um, and i'm brown (laughs)
2: health health issues um medical issues science Mm -hmm. just all of that stuff that in general racism racism <laughs> all Which of those things of stories, you just so you know. don't want to deal with yeah you yeah. <laughs> know yeah, even in that one i was just like when we when it was first mentioned the kkk i was immediately like okay i see exactly where this is going solved I know exactly what's going on nice. but it was just i was like this is such a huge issue right now mm-hmm. even today 200 years later with race but the thing
3: so is, like, the reason why that story probably like is in here is that in general people are probably weren't as aware of the kkk when this story was initially released especially in uk (laughs) and
1: i'd be really curious about how that would even modern like how this would go over if we were not people from north america reading this Mm -hmm. like i definitely think that that's a part of it too i say that assuming that it's an issue in canada as well but like but like i know like that's for us like it's just so much a part of our culture and like emma said like it's such a big thing right now too yeah where it's like it turns out even
2: in 1891
1: kkk was bad like just yeah. as a reminder bad. Well,
2: <laughs> there was even a line in that where i think it was sherlock mentions that it had been disbanded and i immediately went in my head yeah no mm-hmm. they're still around sorry to break it to you but um it still exists and it's still a problem.
3: I mean even so. the case, I mean like I think maybe what he's referring to is it was disbanded in the original sense. Obviously yeah. they had a new uprising in the, the yeah. 1900s. 1900s you know, yeah. when with the civil rights act and everything we started seeing more of that again. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean like in general they probably would have been disbanded kind of
2: in the literal sense right. if you will.
0: Yeah, like when he said KKK, I like, in Gone with the Wind, they make reference to the KKK. So I wasn't like surprised hearing it from that era. I was just surprised hearing it from like British literature. And I was like, wait, like that
2: KKK? (laughs)
3: Like I was a little surprised. I was like, this is probably not what I'm Mm -hmm. expecting. Um, And then it was exactly what I was expecting. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Fine.
2: Well, and it, it also comes after the Red-Headed League, so I was like, okay, is this either this is what we're actually talking about, or it's some British league that just so happens to have the exact same initials, which I highly doubt in what like was mentioned on the previous page in the sense of this guy disliked Black people. And that's why he moved back to uk from america so i was just like i highly doubt it's some random league that was made up for the sake of the story so
3: oh no overall though i think my other least favorite is the adventure of the engineer's thumb Mm
0: -hmm.
3: i'm just like
1: what is this (laughs)
3: Also, you have an entire room to turn into a hydraulic press to mint coins.
1: I mean, you got to counterfeit how you're going to counterfeit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. You got to do what like you got to do.
3: The work and cost of doing that is more than you're probably minting. I mean, but you could get away with a lot with 100, for 100 That's
0: why they kill right. all their like specialists. A, can, yeah. yeah have to pay I'm them to run down
1: coin <laughs> i get
3: it but i feel like you don't need a mint the size of a room and that's probably where most they of their problems are coming from is because they had a press the size of a room <laughs> if they made a smaller press that didn't have as many mechanical issues they probably wouldn't have even had the murder specialist because they didn't need him as often <laughs> I could fix that myself <laughs>
2: technicalities <laughs> all
0: right so what was everyone's favorite character main and side
1: so maybe it's because of the bbc show but i was super excited to see irene adler like yeah that Especially, she like i mean and of <laughs> course like this isn't the beginning of these stories of sherlock holmes but, like just that 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 it opened up on her.
2: I'm sorry. Do you read it in your head as Irene? No. Or do you just feel <laughs> like pronouncing it as Irene because you can't actually? Well, what
1: happened was I was a lot of the times like Chris the older, wanted to make fun of me. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Some of the older like readings I found of this, they all pronounce it Irene. Really I'm weird. I'm sorry. The last really beat. weird.
2: Okay. School teacher time. The last E is a magic E, which makes the first E <laughs> say its name. Therefore, it's Irene, not Irene. The last E is a magic E, so it doesn't say anything.
3: Older English is completely different. If you know Tolkien, you do Older <laughs> English is completely different. Tolkien, I don't even, like, care. Like when we interpret Tolkien's words, like but we. Have let's we
1: keep heard. it on. But I'm just saying. Okay. I'm saying like
3: <laughs> older readings I've heard, especially from Britain. Pronounce it Irene. Just throw that out there. I'm not going to start saying it that way. I am just saying that when I was trying to find my audiobook, it's like, because it's so early on. It's like anything I listen to, I was like, okay, this is a little weird. Okay, we'll moved on to another one. And then they said it again. I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> yep. So, what I was saying, like, I, I really liked seeing Irene. Um, and Again, and it's that kind of that similarity that getting to see the similarities here between those two characters and very much where they get that inspiration from, I think it's really interesting that, like, I, it makes me wonder like, does she show up again in other stories? Because like, she's referenced throughout these.
2: Yes. As but, the okay. women.
1: Woman. Um, and so yeah. it, it's just kind of one of those things that I was that it made me really curious, yeah. especially because this it's is one just
2: the first first introduction oh, of okay. her into the. It's like r- random reference connection um, when River Song shows up mm-hmm. in the library episode with the 10th Doctor. We know nothing about her. She just shows up and then we don't learn anything more about her for another like three seasons. It's the exact same thing.
1: I would just be yeah, really cool. That, that's definitely something that I found interesting. And again, that's mostly because of the show, but that just having that connection point right away. But I was I, in terms of main characters, I guess I liked Watson like it kind of felt like like watson just kind of along for the ride for most of this and yeah. like it's just like we're going on it like very much like the hobbit kind of thing of we're going on it's an funny adventure because he played watson which exactly <laughs> is that it's the, the yeah. actor that like got i'm
2: him. going on an adventure
1: um and so i thought that was like I said i don't there's not to me it doesn't feel like there's much to love about homes in these and maybe that's because these are more short story stories, but yeah, it's so I guess Watson, by default.
2: <laughs> well, and you definitely get a sense of Watson through how he perceives the events that happen around Sherlock. Like, um, I I put down, I noticed so whenever Holmes would make some grand conjecture, one of the like things that watson would say pretty frequently was my dear holmes and like surprise and it just made me laugh but you definitely get of all the characters you get the most sense of who watson is through his interpretation of things um but one of my favorite side characters was going back to the twisted lip was the husband again as we were mentioning earlier just you could have just told your wife But you decided not to and just his whole logic and reasoning. He was ashamed, yes. posing as a homeless man
3: to make money. (laughs) I mean, come
2: on. His whole logic and it's just like this whole thing of like, okay, I get where you're coming from and all this fun stuff. So I guess I'll take it and move with it. But um, it was definitely just the sense of him trying to hide it because he was ashamed. But then it all came to light and he was just trying so hard to support for his wife. So, yeah.
3: And the copper breaches, I really like the governess. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's probably like the, from what we've seen, she's probably the one of the better put together women in the stories. Like, in general, she's obviously smart. Um, She's cautious, in a sense, and a little skeptical of, like, what's happening. Um, But also, like, okay, she's observant, similar to Holmes, like, in a sense that, okay, it's like, okay, they keep looking at this window and keep making sure I can't see out it. I have this broken mirror I'm going to see. And, like, it's probably, like, one of the Better put together characters, and I really liked her because ultimately, um, she's like this undercover agent almost. It's <laughs> great, um, like just for how like everything ended up coming together and how she had to do everything, and she's bold and everything. Um, which in the short stories, Verms I think is like she's more developed than Irene at this time. Um, mm-hmm. We just get this glimpse of Irene, and she takes off. I'm like okay, um, I also don't know what to think of Irene at this point because she's currently married and leaving town. So I'm not sure how that plays into the overall story arc between her and Holmes um, down the road or how that escalates, I guess. Um, yeah, so probably just because I don't know enough. So I can't say I like Irene yet because she's really just a glimpse so far
2: that matched wits with Holmes. I mean, not
3: yet, necessarily.
2: Kind of. He She kind
3: of did. I mean, kind of in the sense that I was warned about you, so I was prepared.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Holmes basically succeeds the majority of the time because he's read a certain book or because he's in a disguise. So... Yeah. It does feel like a fair reason to be prepared, that, like... Like honestly, just beating him based on being like prepared. Just I mean, that kind of fits the role. <laughs> right,
3: right. Yeah. I mean, it fits it, but I mean, it's at the same time. It's like obviously she's smart in general from the description <laughs> from from the king or king dude or whatever's
1: Z King, right? Your
3: manager. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Vienna
1: says in chat, book club is just literature class for people that have graduated school.
2: Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What's your point? <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> um. But I'm here for it, yeah. In in general, (laughs) I'm ready.
3: You know, she she notices she's already on guard because she's aware of homes in general. So that ultimately, when she accidentally gives away her position, she has a feeling it's probably a part of a ruse to reveal where the thing is, especially since it's a fake fire. And proceeds to write a letter, and like it's not like this big. Event necessarily as big as the event that Sherlock put on to try to discover the location. Mm-hmm. It's just like realizing that she had given away the location and responding. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about Irene yet.
2: No opinions. But but
3: governess is
2: I I can I can continue reading and get back to you on the further information we were provided courtesy of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle on the subject not of Irene. Long.
3: I might continue listening like, to some of the audio as they
2: are. They're fun to listen to.
3: Because it's, it's, they're short stories for the most part. I don't know how, like, how long The Scarlet and Red is. Actually, I do. I can tell you. Right.
2: That's what um, I mean,
3: like in general.
2: It Scarlet is in is, my copy 94 pages.
3: Mine's like a hundred and something maybe. I don't know what's all in
2: this. Yeah. So that uh, Study in Scarlet and the Sign of Four are both longer stories. Um, They're both roughly 90 pages. Um, and then the hounds of the hound of baskerville is like 130 pages at least in my copy so that's also a longer story um so most of the stories that doyle wrote most of the sherlock stories are short stories at least in this first volume of mine that i have um because they were published in like I think magazines in and general, he would have shorter stories. Yeah.
3: Um, granted, yeah. And then like the, the actual novel was a Scarlet and then everything else was built. I mean, a study in Scarlet and then everything else was built in after that.
2: Yeah. I think, but I don't know. Apparently, he had a taste of adventure when he served as ship's physician on a Greenland sea whaler while still a student. Hmm. Therefore, he longed to travel after graduation, and so took a position as doctor on a ship en route to West Africa. I have this whole mini informational section on Doyle in the front of my book.
3: I wonder how many of his 30 novels and 150 short stories are Holmes. We you know at least 12
1: of the 150 short stories are on.
2: At least 12 That's another. Again, if
1: only there was a magical internet box, we could right. go to look. Do you cool. have a
2: favorite main character? No, we're
1: There's acting like we're 11. in the 1800s right now. I know. As we live stream. <laughs> it's the only way we can As
2: we understand. live stream via <laughs> Zoom on this magical computer device.
0: <laughs> well... <laughs>
3: He said the governess. <laughs> oh, main character. I mean, there's two main characters. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's Holmes and Watson. Right. That's why I said that's like Watson's mind by default. Right.
2: Like, if we I mean, can count the landlady as a main character, mm, I'm always here for the landlady. Represent. <laughs> Even though she never says anything and only shows up like twice. I mean. I just because
3: in general he's better like he's actually what's being developed, you know, it it's gonna be Holmes. I mean, Watson is there to get Holmes to explain his process.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: That's that's his purpose <laughs> as the narrator of the story. But other than He is that, the he translator
2: for the audience. Right.
3: He doesn't actually He did. Have a purpose other than also carrying a revolver when they go on these escapades.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, occasionally I hope... patching someone up if yeah. they get. And he doesn't hurt. get to use it. <laughs> no, never. Like no, that's what I wanted he from uses the story. It once. If Watson got to actually like. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, and the copper breeches at the end. He uses he uses oh, to the revolver. Shoot revol-
3: the dog.
2: Shoot the dog. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, in general, like, he's like, pack it just in case things can get, and then, like, nothing actually happens.
1: And again, like, I think that falls in line with the lack of, in general, the lack of action in these. Like, there's yeah. there, there's yeah. definitely a lot of, like, something happened, then Holmes went off and solved it, and then now explains it to us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Definitely a good
1: amount of that for, for a chunk of these, by no means all, but. It's like, they prepare for so much danger. Yeah.
3: But no danger happens for the most part, I mean, yeah, and so I mean, yeah, the only like real glimpses we get into Watson in this is is Holmes analyzing him <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: and so I mean, I don't have a real connection to Watson in these stories as it is um. Although, like, he gets high praise from Sherlock. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Because he's
2: Sherlock's only friend. Right. I mean, yes. The only friend Sherlock has ever had.
1: It's like when you're in band and you're the only one that plays the instrument. So you're first chair. Oh, yeah. And also, like, what gets me, I guess, is,
3: like, in, like, at least all of our modern takes on on Watson and Holmes is it's Sherlock trying to find his Holmes. So we get that introduction piece where he like takes this random person that happens to be named Watson because that's what we're familiar with and molds him into and like makes him his accomplice. Yeah. Whereas here they're just already familiar, which I'm okay with.
1: But because we're not picking up at the beginning.
3: Right. So. I mean, that's true. I, I but like, it just it just cracks. Me.
2: But yeah, I have I have started the uh study in scarlet which is, like, technically the very beginning of the relationship. And it may be that whole, like, them getting to know each other takes maybe, like, a page, page and a half, maybe two at most. And then they just go on to solve a murder. Like, that's it. Um, but, it, I mean, it is, like, Watson trying to figure out who the heck this guy is that he happens to be boarding with. But, um,
3: Right, yeah, them yeah. boarding together is ultimately their primary function, and then obviously Watson's married now. I do yeah. like that Watson's wife is very encouraging of him going out with Holmes, though, Yeah. in this instance, um, and that he's almost semi-eager half the time, whereas, like, the BBC version, he's like, oh, Holmes. Like Again, It's there's, because there's in this, nothing
1: serious happens. Too. They solve minor inconveniences. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like I would. She knows he won't be gone for long periods of time. He (laughs) always comes home for dinner, or
1: the next dinner.
2: (laughs) Goose, either tonight or tomorrow night, one of the two, (laughs) guaranteed. Mm -hmm. The Christmas goose, I think.
3: Yeah, what was the weird story with the weird explanation on the hat? Oh, that
2: was the one with the goose. That's the, that goose, the that's goose right. One. Yeah,
3: that's what started. That's where it starts off. Oh. And that's a winner
2: one too, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's right.
0: Well, that
2: actually one of my favorite lines, which is it's relatively well known, comes from that one. And it was um it is an old maxim of mine that when you have excluded the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be true. And it's just like it talks about the impossible because that's the whole story. And then Sherlock is just like, yeah. If you exclude the impossible and pretend it doesn't exist, everything else is possible. So.
0: Yeah, I had that quote too. It's a good one. Yeah. But which yeah. of
3: the two main characters is your favorite, Shanine?
0: <laughs> I say Sherlock. I think. Cause I've seen like the movies and the BBC show and stuff. So Sherlock in the book was just so different from what I was expecting. So I did actually mm-hmm. enjoy that a lot.
3: He was very different and like, just, just knowledgeable and wanting, like wanting to share that. And I liked that. Yeah. Although like the weird things, like in general, Sherlock is such an unbelievable character.
1: You're an unbelievable character. Your mom's an
3: unbelievable character.
1: My mom is a saint. We're all,
3: all, I
2: know. We're all I unbelievable know characters. Um,
0: and my but yeah. My favorite side character was Miss Hunter, the governess as well. Cause yeah, she was so cool.
3: Weird word <laughs> rings, Janine. This is uncommon. <laughs> okay.
0: Who was everyone's least favorite character? Personally, I, file this, I was with Sherlock in hating Lestrade. Yeah. He was just so dumb and so convinced he was right all the time. And I'm just, he was so frustrating as a character.
3: Yeah. I feel like the modern Sherlock is based more on Lestrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than Sherlock from the books. Like, yeah. they just mesh those two. Because, but at the same time, like in general, Sherlock has a good relationship with the police, rather than Sherlock being a necessity for the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this story, it's like, it's like they bring him something. It's like Sherlock brings stuff to them, and he's like, "Oh yeah, let's do this with you." It's like okay. <laughs> Normally, it's like, "Get out of here, Sherlock. We don't need you." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Lestrade is also critical. Like, also, like I liked him because he's kind of critical. Of Sherlock is like, he, he could, he pro- has the possibility to make a good connective. Co- good good detective Um, but like he's just not there or something like like the way he quips about it um, kind of offers a humility to Sherlock in a sense having that additional like criticism maybe but also just makes it elevates Sherlock and makes him more personable Mm
0: -hmm. in these
3: interactions but
0: I enjoyed how sarcastic Sherlock got with Lestrade, like mm-hmm. at one point he says, yeah. you are right. You do find it very hard to tackle the facts. I like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> was just yeah,
3: definitely pedophile dad for me though. I, I just can't get over that. Yeah. That was just, not okay. No. Like how do you stay in character that long to begin with?
1: For, for me know, there's a lot still. of like there are people that are bad people like that one who like they're my least favorite cuz they're disgusting. Then there's ones that are like you know what I just like the characters in the story were just all forgettable. And like they're just mm-hmm. like like um I'll use um, cause, I mean cuz again it was my, my like my least favorite the the noble bachelor. It was like all of yeah. that just kind of felt like none of you matter. Like none of you are interesting. Mm-mm. Like, and again, maybe it's just because I didn't find that. Well, when you tell talent. people,
3: when you tell stories in so much detail, it comes off really dry.
1: Well, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> just like, what are you like? Just eh, like,
3: my personality is a at detention to detail. I can recall events from seven months, or seven years and
1: two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the five orange pips.
2: Oh, the five. so that guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Any other least favorites? No, okay. Which character would you most like to meet?
1: And I feel like it's gotta be the governess cause she's got money. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: she's she, making dang like, $2,600 I mean, she is single. A like she's both an interesting <laughs> hey. character and a governess. That is not my audience. <laughs> But I don't cater to the females. <laughs> Therefore, you guys go at it.
3: <laughs> well, Cameron's married, so.
2: <laughs> okay. Chris, years, Chris, go for it. <laughs> I'm
3: going for that rich government. <laughs> Except for she's going to come to our time with 100 pounds.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, f- hey,
1: if man. you put that in the bank that long ago, you get
3: that 200 interest. years.
2: Actually, it's more like 100 years. I still years. wouldn't be a millionaire. <laughs> just no. <kidding. laughs> definitely not
0: <laughs> I think I'd most want to meet Watson's wife and be her best friend because she just seemed so sweet and like Watson he just always spoke like so glowingly of her and how she like cares for others and is like the person that mm. people come to when they're in trouble, and I'm like, "Oh, she seems like the best."
3: And then you get to hear all the Sherlock sto- stories because Watson's gonna tell her. Yeah, yeah. Except for you get to hear it like right after over tea,
2: without having to actually deal with any of it, or read, <laughs> or read. It's or read. <laughs> <laughs> basically just or read. <laughs>
3: I like that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'd actually like to meet. But yeah, like, I mean... Yeah, Sherlock would probably... Like, I mean, this Sherlock would probably be just fine with me, but I'd be like, tell me about the tobacco you wrote about. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the 180 different, <laughs> you know, ashes, ashes yeah. that come from tobacco or whatever.
1: <laughs> or the tattoo thing of like... I've taken some time to learn about how t- tattoos are different in different parts of the world. It's like...
2: But specifically in Japan. Right. China. 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 Yeah, that, the
1: specific okay. fish Specifically in the, China. In that one tattoo style. Like, and it was done in blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Okay, dude. Interesting.
2: But okay. Weird flex. I'd like to meet the landlady. Like, like... Because she puts up with a lot.
3: <laughs> like, Sherlock now is just... Like... Back then, like it seems so unreasonable for someone to be like this diverse in interest and being able to study so many different things. Sherlock now makes more reasonable because we have Wikipedia. <laughs> it's like I like literally Sherlock is just a Wikipedia, like in modern times, is just someone who goes down Wikipedia holes all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And re- sorry, I should say the person that rece- reads the reference material on wif- Wikipedia.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More
3: accurately. The person that reads something from Wikipedia gets interested and opens up the reference links at the bottom.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Holmes now. Um, yeah, all, we should also say, Geek at Arms, Mike wants uh, <laughs> a fanfic of who Watson's wife is solving mysteries with uh, when Watson is off with Sherlock.
2: Yeah. Who's Hershel? Her I love it. Yeah,
3: like what is she doing? She's like she, that's the real reason why she's perfectly she's okay. She's like now I have time to do my own stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Watson's wife is the criminal criminal mastermind. That's like yeah. all of these. And the, like the final, the final. She's the real story Is how she yeah. taking advantage.
2: She's the real names
1: For you,
3: I feel really bad for Watson if that was the case.
0: Yeah. Well. Speaking of Watson, we've talked about him a little bit already, but what did you think of the narrator?
2: I think it was fun that he had a little blurb. Like, it It felt like he had a little blurb at the start of each story about his thoughts or opinions or whatever on Sherlock or whatever the following story is like, like, I was sworn to secrecy by the lady in this event about three years ago or whatever, but now I feel it's safe to say, like he sets up in a very nice way um, that gives a personal touch to him um, because most of the story, like all of the stories are focused on Sherlock. So he, at the beginning of each of these stories really sort of, you know, gave his input or you know like did his own talking um, before sort of jumping into the stories and that was really nice to get more of a sense of Watson as a as his involvement in these events because like we were saying earlier he does sort of just tag along for the ride if you will and bring his revolver along and so it really felt like (laughs) Um, he just sort of made a few comments at the start and then sat in the back seat and wiggled his fingers and just sort of was a dog on a leash so
3: yeah i like how he runs into sherlock (laughs) half the time sometimes it's like oh i just popped in on him and then there's someone there um of times it's like i was getting a patient from an opium den and there he was <laughs> and then someone touched me and it was <laughs> in the skies <laughs> and it's like okay i just like how he just like is out about like mostly li- especially in at least in these short stories he's just like oh i haven't seen him in a while and then i ran into him and we did this for a few days <laughs> it's like okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll say kind of similar to that. One of the things I liked about Watson's narration is like from a story telling perspective, he does a really good job at making their world feel bigger than we're getting in the stories. And of course, that part of that is because we're picking up partway through their relationship, but he does like a really good job at referencing like, like previous stuff that they've done or the general like, Holmes has only been bested three times as far as I can remember like that kind of stuff. And I really enjoy that from a storytelling perspective that it's like, and even in like modern television too, the idea that we're not getting everything and that there's stuff in the middle that we're missing. I really like it when that feels lived in. And so I liked that about Watson's narration.
2: It's like that whole thing between like, this just what you just said reminded me of the whole thing between, um, Hawkeye and Black Widow. or mm-hmm. um, I was just like, they allude to this thing t- t- that happens with them that just they just mention it once and then move on past. And it's like, oh, something happened in Bombay or whatever or wherever. Um, and what happened? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We're just going to mention it and then move on.
3: Yeah, the read.
2: But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have to read, but like it was kind of fun in like this without having like read the others of like oh this thing happened you know back in a study in scarlet that is connected to this somehow we're not going to fully go into detail about it because it's literally another thing but
3: because there's the whole book about
2: it there's a whole book about it literally (laughs) novel (laughs) but it's just enough to like make whatever the situation is make sense
3: I'd agree with that, for sure. Like like I mean, especially like putting into context, I'm assuming that all of that makes sense if you read more. And we haven't. Well, yet. I don't know if I will.
2: <laughs> Keyword there. Yet.
1: Sneed, <laughs> what'd you think? I think
0: Watson's narration is so different from what I'm used to in a novel. Like I think I'm used to getting like really deeply into a character and like we got like glimpses and like little snippets of Watson's life, but didn't really get to like know Watson. And obviously like it's about Sherlock, but we don't, I feel get to really know Sherlock either. It's just kind of like, it's very uh, almost, Objective narration Aside from his like infatuation With Sherlock and how much He loves him but
3: (laughs) Right It felt like in general Right like essentially there's no actual like Development of our main characters Yeah Which is also why I had a hard time picking which one I like best Like,
0: (laughs) Yeah I mean I
3: was entertained by the Adventure But there wasn't like any actual growth or development for characters that they have to go through. I mean, they're already well developed characters in general. They're like, it's like I don't have to develop anymore. I'm well read and I know all this stuff and I can observe everything. That's 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 Holmes's character. And I mean it
2: just sort of plateaus.
3: Right. I am definitely He's, more just interested
2: stopped in Watson's and... background as a result, though.
3: I definitely yeah.
0: that all right. Um, if you could hear these stories from another point of view, whose would you choose? I mean, we've already mentioned Mrs. Watson's retellings would probably yeah. fantastic.
2: Yeah, I'm on yeah.
1: team Mrs. Watson or team Landlady.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely team <laughs> Landlady.
1: <laughs> like, I'm more like I
3: feel like the stories will be better hashed out uh, from Miss Watson's, <laughs> Mrs. Watson's point of view, just because. Watson disappeared again. Like I sent him out to go pick up a patient from the opium <laughs> den, and then I get this message back, and he's gone for two days.
2: <laughs> and then, I just think it was yeah. Apparently, I this is it, what he was yeah. doing.
3: Like that's a great yeah. perspective.
2: <laughs> but then you you do also get that like, you know, what if Miss Watson was also like whenever whenever John wanders off she just wanders off on her own as well. And like, you know, does her own crime solving or whatever. But I do think it would also be entertaining to get the landlady's perspective of just like, Oh no, he's doing another chemical experiment late into the night. What mess am I going to have to clean up now? Oh no, we've got this random weirdo knocking at my door, Mm -hmm. looking for Mr. Sherlock Holmes with a limp and, and, you know, whatever scenario they're stuck in, like just her getting all these random people coming in off the street to, to have this person solve their issues for them yep. and just starts like it becoming normal, like mm-hmm. her having her, you know, sister or whoever over for a cup of tea one day and having, you know, this whole scene with Sherlock happen and she's just sitting there drinking her tea going, oh yeah, this is normal. And her sister or friend or whoever is going this is not normal in any way, shape, or form. Like, this is just not what is considered normal life.
3: <laughs> and she gets a king of Bohemia in her house, though.
2: Yeah. I mean, she gets to meet kings and all of these famous people simply by being a landlady. Hmm.
0: I think it'd be interesting to get them from Sherlock's perspective just to have more insight into his mind and like see if he did get stumped along the way at all and just didn't tell anybody.
3: There are times like where that's almost in the book <laughs> too. Yeah. It's just like, I could have told you that. Like those moments, just like, oh, really? <laughs> like, is that person like sometimes in the book where? It's like when he presents his finding. It's like, well, yeah, we figure that out now. It's like we know. You don't have to tell yeah. us now, and it's just it's it's one of those people from like high school that used to always like, oh, I knew that.
2: Yeah, who's just somewhat annoying.
3: <laughs> but yeah, again, like Cameron said at the start of the episode, it's hard to get Sherlock's point of view in text. Yeah. Unless he's explaining it. Um, so it just to, seems like
1: it would be a bunch of facts. Like, yeah. And so instead of it being, of being the, the people just, recounting. Just all yeah, that's how, how I would
3: understand.
2: That's how, that's how I would read a lot of bullet points. Yeah.
1: I noticed his shoes and they had blah, 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 which means he does this. And then it's I just code. listening while he was talking. I <laughs> yeah. noticed this thing. And-
2: it's, well, it's either bullet points or one of those like detective trees with all of the, like, yarn going from Mm -hmm. one thing to another that, like, can only be interpreted by the person who put it up to begin with.
3: Or it's going to just be his papers that he wrote about tattoos and tobacco.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The 180 (laughs) different types of tobacco ash. (laughs) I think not just,
0: like recording all of like his observations as they're happening because obviously that's not going to be as interesting but just Mm -hmm. like getting more of what he thinks and not just what he deduces like getting more of his character and not just like yeah I know everything and now I'm gonna say that I know everything
1: yeah
3: but he's he the question is does he have a personality outside of facts and data
0: if it was from <laughs> his perspective i'd be able to tell you we would know the
1: answer
3: to that
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and so if, if, if holmes or if, if watson actually took the time to ask holmes about his personality <laughs> and get to know him better, we would know that
2: we would his personal is cocaine <laughs> <laughs> And staying up until two in <laughs> the morning doing chemical research with his beakers and tubes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ultimately, one thing I should mention.
3: So yeah, Watson should write a little more about his like Sherlock's inspiration for composing music. Yeah, because it does come up in these stories um, when he does mention that Sherlock is quite the musician and composer of no less report. I think I forget exactly how he phrases that, but. Yeah, that would be, like, because that is a creative process that does require some personality, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you guys find the world and characters believable? We've touched on this a little bit already, but... Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't really have much to add to, to what I've already said. Like, Watson does a good job making it feel like a bigger than just these stories, but... In general, like Chris made the point earlier that, like, Sherlock as a character is just pretty, like, pretty out there, yeah. And so,
3: like, and like the people that are employing him, no one remembers things like that.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I dare yeah. say it
3: was 10 past noon, and
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in and the I grand scheme of this things, this person was wearing. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Emma? Well, in the grand scheme of things, no, it didn't really like feel believable, but it was still like well written enough that it was like, this isn't believable if you were to put it in real life, but it's still entertaining to read and enjoyable, and it's not so unbelievable that it's bad. It's like just enough unbelievable that you would go, yeah, this wouldn't happen in real life or this person wouldn't remember that it was half past 10 and that their robber was wearing X, Y, Z, but it's still like, you still want to keep reading because it is interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of the clients, like the regular characters, maybe in their memory recall are not as believable. But I think just in like their range of like characters and like intelligence and like emotional reactions and stuff like that was more believable. Just like seeing kind of a range of humanity. And I think that he did try to make Sherlock a little more believable at times. Like there was a couple occasions where he had to look up notes from old cases and stuff like that, so.
1: Yeah. Um, And on that, I think it's just funny that like the orange pips, it's just, it's solved because he opened the encyclopedia. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) get those notes. Right. I think though,
3: like, with all the potential detail and everything from this, I think that's what obviously lends to the success of modern interpretations. Because now you can include a character, you know what you want to include in the details presented or what, but you can also have that character omit things while presenting things visually. So... Um, I think ultimately because this is a text format and you're missing something, so they actually have to include, so like when they're in their narration, they ultimately have to include details that you normally probably wouldn't when you're describing things to someone else um, Mm -hmm. or Watson chooses to, I guess, in this case. Um, And then also ultimately makes Sherlock's powers of deduction in the media platform um, in modern media. More powerful because he's making inferences based on other things that you can portray in a visual medium. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, we have a few audience questions. Uh, Greg on Discord asks Did we guess any solutions?
2: There were definitely a couple that I, like, figured out, like, as we've been mentioning, like, a lot of the clients would come in and sit down and, like, explain everything in very complete detail. Like, there is definitely a couple um, where, like, when that was happening, I was like, okay, like, with a case of mistaken identity, I think it was, I was like, it's probably the stepfather. He definitely has something to do with it probably someone dressing up or whatever like there was definitely once like all of the details were like laid out I was like okay like I can figure this out pretty easily just given the context or the scenario or like even if I didn't guess everything like I guessed close enough that it was just like yeah okay maybe there are a few things here and there that I didn't guess or think of or whatever but
3: deduce
2: or deduced, <laughs> if you will. If you will. Um, <laughs> um, but
0: I was basically there. Yeah. I don't think so. I ever got all of the details, but like the general idea mm-hmm. I I'd usually figured out.
3: Probably would have gotten all the details if someone was sitting in front of us, giving them to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And kind of the same as what y'all said, like, I'm going to keep harping on the noble bachelor because I think it's super boring, but like, (laughs) it's pretty clear that she ran off with someone now, like granted, like we, like, we don't know it's her husband that she didn't know was alive and stuff like that. But like, and same with um, the case of identity, like Emma was mentioning, it's like, okay, they're sending typewritten letters. So it's somebody whose handwriting. They would like, she would recognize and the only other two people in her life that we know about are her mom and stepdad. So, yeah. like, got to be one of those two. Yeah, like just from a storytelling perspective, there wasn't much of a mystery there, just because it is a short story. You can't introduce a bunch of stuff like, Mm-mm.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Pedro from Instagram, my former youth leader, um, said <laughs> Holmes's use of cocaine. And Gabe Posey from Twitter also wanted us to talk about the underlying cause of his addictions. So we've talked a bit about the cocaine already, but any deep insights into Sherlock's use?
3: I mean, not from the book. And that's probably because it was probably just more commonplace. In general, it was yeah. a usable substance. Um, but I mean like in the modern portrayals it makes sense to use some sort of substance when you have a mind that observes everything around you non-stop essentially. Um,
2: and is analyzing it right. to an extreme right. extent.
3: To an extreme extent and the capacity that ultimately whatever you read you kind of remember just because ultimately Ohms does essentially have an eidetic memory. Um, and that pressure of having that knowledge for one and its use, but also just also how that can possibly push you to being kind of, which they portray in modern portrayals, the modern um, kind of you're the outlier, you're you're kind of ostracized for knowing everything, um, for calling people out on their stuff, <laughs> on their BS, and and. I mean, that all has very big psychological and social implications that can lead to, obviously, use, substance abuse and addictions.
0: I have a quote. After Sherlock solves the redheaded league, he says, it saved me from ennui. Alas, I already feel it closing in upon me. My life is spent in one long effort to escape from the common places of existence. These little problems help me to do so.
1: To me, one of the things that I connected it with was if you like, if you're like into like, superhero stuff, one of the common traits of speedsters is that they get bored because like the rest of the world moves so slowly around them, and like mm-hmm. um, you see it a lot with Quicksilver in specific because he's a villain um, versus like Flash, but you kind of get that same thing with, and I guess you know, we've already hit on with with Sherlock, where his brain is moving so much faster like just through his ability to recall and observe that he just feels that he has to slow it down. Sometimes he has to stop it. And like, we get a bit, a lot more of that in the BBC show, but like you very much can, not that it's right, but you can very much see that like where that coping mechanism would come from.
3: Even if you are using a substance that technically speeds everything up for you. you know, but yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it's still I, like, there's other aspects to that drug other than just, the the zoom effect, I guess. Um right.
1: but again, this it's but, it, like well, like Pedro. It was specifically mentioned the cocaine. Like there are other drugs, and it's implied that Watson might not even know about all of them. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. But
3: makes me want to try it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no.
2: Chris, please Vita. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Please do not. <laughs> Too
3: late. Got that all out of my system early. <laughs>
2: Well, don't pull any more stunts, please.
0: All right, moving on from drugs. Did anyone <laughs> notice any <laughs> biblical or theological themes? I'll share what I have. <laughs> um, at I think towards the end of the Boscombe Valley mystery, um, Sherlock says, there but for the grace of God goes Sherlock Holmes. And that just reminded me of like Romans three twenty three to 24, which says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And just like Sherlock can see there's a very thin line between him and these criminals, and maybe not criminals, but bad people that he's coming into contact with, and there's just the grace of God standing between him and a worse life.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily a theme, um, but a verse that kind I kind of was reminded of during this was Matthew seven fifteen says says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in wolf's clothing, but inwardly are f- uh, ferocious wolves. And I think that when the majority of like Holmes's case are solved by him literally dressing up so people don't recognize him. Like, mm-hmm. again, like, I don't think that's like a deep spiritual theme, but it was definitely one of those things that like, it made me think of this idea.
2: Well, and you even see that in some ways with, again, the man with the crooked lip and in the sense that he was, his intentions were good and his goals were good in terms of supporting his wife, um, but his ways of going about it were not always the best. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, he just sat down with makeup on and people did what they would.
2: He also lied to his wife.
3: He withheld so. information.
2: <laughs> oh, what? So they're different things now? Technically, yes.
0: Um, speaking of that, as well as the noble bachelor, it just kind of reminds me of like a search for truth. and like, you will know the truth, mm-hmm. and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's Sherlock's always looking for the truth—not just what the facts seem to point to, but what the truth of the situation actually is. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, compassion, which is not something I necessarily expected from Sherlock in this, in these mm-hmm. series, when he's like, "Okay, this old man committed this murder." <laughs> Gets his confession. He's like, "I'm not gonna turn you in, man. I <laughs> will wait till you're dead. Now release your <laughs> to get this get the guy innocent guy out." It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, um, he he he's very considerate of that, and even like understanding that ultimately the log isn't there. Um. That the point, uh, purpose of law is to prosecute and things like that. And there are going to be exceptions where things need to come out later or that the legal answer isn't necessarily the human answer.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Which we also don't see in the modern (laughs) takes. Yeah, no. (laughs) He's just anti-authority. He's just very chaotic at times in the modern takes, but he doesn't care about people. (laughs) He cares about keeping himself busy more so.
0: Alrighty,
1: any favorite quotes that we haven't hit on yet? Oh, boy! (laughs) so I have one that I've been waiting to share. So this is from um, The the Scandal in Bohemia, and it's it's where Holmes is about to reveal his plan. Um, And so picking up partway through, it's a conversation between um, Holmes and Watson. And Holmes says, by the way, doctor, I shall want your cooperation. I shall be delighted. You don't mind breaking the law not in the least, nor running a chance of arrest, not in a good cause. Oh, that the case is excellent. Then I'm your man. And I just love that, like, especially in its context in this first story of just perfectly setting up their relationship. Are we breaking the law? Maybe. Is it going to be worth it? Sure. Like, yes. <laughs> I just loved that as that like quippy introduction to their characters. And yeah, like, Again, it's one of those things that stood out to me because
2: it's like, okay, we gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites um, was from the Copper Beaches, where the she's gone off to, you know, work for these people, and watching is talking about how she, how he's been, you know, how he thinks of her off and on, and he just says. A fortnight went by, during which I frequently found my thoughts turning in her direction and wondering what strange side alley of human experience this lonely woman had strayed into. And I just liked it because it was this random, well, not random, but it was a weird way of framing his thoughts turning towards her, just what strange side alley of human experience like that phrase itself was something that was like, I've never heard someone describe someone else doing something random as a side alley of human experience. Um, And so I just liked the way that it was worded um, because it really sort of painted a different picture for the fact that it was a weird and odd thing she was doing to wander off for this job, paying a hundred pounds a year, That requested her to cut off her hair and do these random requests that were really had no point to them, seemingly. So that was one that I liked.
3: My ultimate favorite comes from like early on like right away, actually, um, when Holmes shows up in, in a scandal Bohemia, and they're talking about the stairs and everything, but it's just, it, it gives you such insight to what is going on into Holmes's mind, essentially, when he's listening to people, when he's interacting with people in general, it's the, you see, but you do not observe, and he goes on to explain and provide the example, it's like, oh, well, how many times have you seen the steps? How many are there? it's like and like in general for us like that's the same thing like how often do we go throughout our business it's like yeah we see so much but how much are we observing are we noticing what details are we picking up on um in our just general day-to-day life um that ultimately holmes is like everything he sees he is taking something from or inferring something about or his mind is just crazy
1: which is another good (laughs) biblical theme It is. You have eyes, but do not Mm -hmm. see, and ears that do not hear. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I really liked that quote, too. And he says similar things throughout as well. And it always kind of, it makes me think that he believes everyone could deduce like he does. They're just like that one small step away. It's not that you're not seeing these things. You just aren't seeing the importance in them. Yeah.
3: Right. And even like, that's, that's maybe why he also takes a kindness to, Sher- to to Watson is because when he does ask him a question, Watson does take the time then to try to deduce things and he's like right on the cusp. And I think Sherlock enjoys that. So that's, he proved like Watson is proof that you can deduce like Holmes
2: mm-hmm.
3: in a sense. And I think that's what, um, so in Watson, Holmes sees his own humanity Yeah. Like he's not just this weird outlier crazy person.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: And that's very evident in the modern I, I believe in the like modern interpretation of Sherlock is that Watson is who gra- what grounds Sherlock to humanity. Or pulls him back from that abyss at most of the time. <laughs> or they jumping together, whichever it
2: is. (laughs) Bottoms up.
0: All right. We have touched on this throughout as well, but if anyone has anything more to add, how does Doyle's Sherlock compare with the other Sherlock's we're familiar with?
2: He definitely is in he's definitely more human in a sense in uh, like this original source material, if you will, like Doyle definitely makes him very human, even in his extreme observance observing and with all of his skills that he has, um, he's still very human and kind and, Um, is just willing to help people, whereas in the modern versions, he's much more abrasive and disconnected from human connection in a sense.
1: Just to kind of echo exactly what Emma just said, I found this Sherlock a lot more boring because he's a much more normal person. (laughs) Yeah, He's (laughs) too
3: normal and too good.
1: Right, even though he is still like, a larger-than-life character and is still, like, very unreal. Just, like, his, he, he just feels much more normal. Mm-hmm. Basically for the reasons Emma said.
3: Whereas, mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, as a result, the modern interpretation makes him more human, I think. Because with all those skills and abilities, it makes sense that he would, he would have some pariah syndrome essentially where he isolates himself or distance himself from standard social especially because like you're observing evil constantly and you're picking up on evil that other people aren't seeing um, and putting yourself into those places but also you begin to have that god complex where you think yourself above everyone else which also forces you to isolate and that's it's understandable that the modern Sherlock is the way he is Like you can, you can relate to that. If you had that kind of mind or those abilities, it's very likely you'd do the same thing. Like it's reasonable. Whereas this guy is
0: just like, how are you that nice and (laughs)
3: relatable, but also Mm -hmm. this smart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think also his relationship with Watson felt so different. Like in the movies and shows, he almost like tolerates Watson or is just, like, dragging around his dog with him everywhere. Whereas in the book, it felt more like a real friendship. And Sherlock said multiple times, like, oh, will you please come with me? Like, are you coming? I'm so glad you're here.
3: Right. (laughs) Whereas, like, it's, like, almost like a forced thing in, like, the BBC series at times. It's like like Watson is trying to avoid those situations where he has to go work with Holmes. Like, like, yes, he wants to, in a sense, but at the same time, he's like, no, I have other things. And Sherlock, it's like an expectation from Sherlock. Uh-huh. Then again, mm-hmm. there are times also in the book where that's the case. It's like he already knows the answer because he knows Sherlock has that eagerness. But at the same time, he fra- the way he phrases it is posed as like, it's like, I guess as a formal invite, I already know the answer. It's like, I know what to expect right now.
0: Yeah, but more because of it's being a friendship and not just like, I get to boss right. you around.
3: Right. It's like, it's more like, I already know he wants to in on this. Yeah. This is the formal invitation to let him know it's okay. And that you should probably notify his wife.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing. And this is how long I need you. Let your wife know.
2: <laughs> you will not be coming home for dinner. All right, one fun question
0: to end it off. If you were to write a fanfic for Sherlock Holmes, what would it be about?
2: Mrs. Watson. I yeah. do <laughs> like Mike's idea. <laughs> yeah. I love that idea and I may yeah, I would run with it. Either that or the landlady. Yeah.
1: And I feel like it's kind of weird to answer this when there are so many Sherlock Holmes stories and I am not sure what all is there. That's true. But <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to, so like, I feel like I could say something that just is a story, but I'll say kind of on the Mrs. Watson, I would love to see Sherlock and Mrs. Watson have to rescue Watson. (laughs) Yeah. Like, again, that could be a story. I don't know. But like, that's definitely one where like Watson gets in over his head on something and they have to go bail him out. (laughs) Yeah. I
2: like it.
3: I I don't know. I'm not creative enough to think of like these types of fanfics or anything. Um, But we are essentially watching a fanfic here soon.
0: Oh, tell us about it, Chris.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, as a follow-up for our first book club uh, being Sherlock Holmes, we are watching the new Netflix, Enola Holmes, um, next Saturday. Uh, Time to be Determined on our upcoming episode, uh, of first G411, but yeah, that's essentially a spinoff, right? It is. And also
1: hop into the discord. We'll be chatting about it there and making sure that that's how we'll actually organize when we're going to start watching and all that stuff and making sure we're all on the same page. So, um, so definitely come and be a part of that. So you can be in the, we'll tweet about it and do all that stuff too, but
0: Yes. And exciting new announcement. Our book for October is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving.
1: I feel like to the surprise of no one who voted in the poll over the last like two days as like
0: it just crushed. It it won. It won hard.
1: I'm happy it doesn't
3: show you the results until you vote though.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because you don't know. You don't know it's not 50-50, so you want to vote for what you want. Um, but yeah. You're welcome, everyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Chris.
3: Excited <laughs> to reread this book. It's been a while.
0: I have not actually read this one, so I voted for it mm-hmm. as well. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I feel like this is one I
1: feel like I've read, but I also would be zero, like not surprised at all if I like, I'll read it and it's like, oh, I've read this one chapter,
0: like that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: And I know nothing about the rest of it. Like,
0: I feel like you do that a lot, Cameron.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not wrong. And I mean, like, there's so many, like, just
3: interpretations of this story in general mm-hmm. um, in modern culture, which is super cool, too. Some good, some not so, some great, some not so much.
0: <laughs> and tune into our next book club to find out what we think about all that. All right. Anything else to add? Seems good to me. All right. Thanks for joining us for our first ever book club. We had so much fun geeking out about Sherlock Holmes. We are First Geek 411. You can find us on all the socials and our PlayStation community. Come chat with us on Discord. Email us at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com watch us live on twitch on monday nights at seven fifteen mountain standard time find us on youtube and all the podcast places and our website firstgeek411.com don't forget to check out our sister podcast faith trust and pixie dust i'm Shanine, uh the hoot and howl on twitter and hoot and howl tales t-a-l-e-s on instagram
2: I am I am not prepared with an eye on pretty much all medias.
1: I'm not used to not going first. This is weird. (laughs) I'm Humar
3: Witzel. And I'm not so foreign.
2: You're doing great.
0: The game is afoot.
3: Wash your hands.